everybody it's Dan binder boneyard coming at you from the office uh, doing a morning podcast uh, trying to knock some stuff out in the mornings um, just because by the afternoon um, <laughs> it's so busy and I run out of time uh, in the evenings so uh, I'm gonna do this in the morning thank you for listening uh, sorry it's been uh, it's been a minute since the last one. Uh, hopefully, if I can get these done in the morning, um, maybe get a few more out there, get back on a regular schedule. Um, so anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for all the Patreon support. Um, love you guys for all that. Uh, these things aren't free. Uh, they're free to you. Um, the only thing I ask is that uh, you tell a friend repay me in uh in telling a friend so yeah uh if you do want to pay me in actual dollars uh you can head over to patreon uh binder boneyard over there uh anyways um today we're gonna jump right into um we're gonna talk about daily driving your international and i know a lot of people think that's crazy um you know how could you ever imagine driving your, you know, 73 Scout every day, all day as your commuter and driver? And uh, it's not crazy because in 1973, that's what they did. So um, I think so many people have just gotten soft, for lack of a better term, um, you know, leather seats and air conditioning and power windows and a radio you can hear and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, yeah, it's nice. I'm not going to lie. It's real nice. Um, but what else is real nice is not having a car payment, uh, not having a rig that's depreciating, you know, nothing makes me sicker than to think of buying a $60,000 pickup and having it be worth $18,000 in three years. Um, but what is neat is that the Scout that Josie drives every day, damn near every day, that she bought for $4,000 uh, is now worth mm, probably thirty on the open market. You know, bring a trailer, probably bring a little more. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty goddamn good return. Um, so, I would encourage more people to get these things drivable. You know, and then the other thing is, is if, you know, you do have a reliable, drivable rig and, you know, something comes up and you do, God forbid, have to sell it, uh, it's going to be worth way more as a capable driver than it is, uh, you know, um, a weekend cruiser that barely works, you know, uh, strange at the gas station half the time. So, um, we're going to go over just some, some things for drivability that go a long ways. Um, so, you know, the first thing 
in having a daily driver is that it's got to be reliable, whether that means, you know, an electronic ignition and a new carburetor. The thing needs to be able to start and run every time because it is annoying when you get stranded at the gas station and, you know, your old lady won't ride with you anymore because you, you know, broke down too many times. So, um, you know, put some money into reliability. I know that sounds, that sounds, you know, pretty basic, but you'd be amazed how many people are putting, you know, a thousand dollars into a lift kit and they're not sure if the motor even runs. So, um, put some money into reliability. Don't worry too much about oil leaks. It's annoying. Yeah. But, uh, you know, leaky engine, you can, you can attack that later. Um, first thing is just make sure it's reliable. Um, I would recommend a good exhaust system as well. One, it, because you don't want to inhale exhaust fumes every day because it will make you stupider, but it will it, also the sound, you know, you got this cackly Swiss cheese exhaust system. It's going to wear you out. Like people don't realize how much sound wears on you. Um, and I mean, if you followed my, any of my adventures on Instagram for any amount of time, I drive some loud trucks. Um, you know, that Dodge that I drive occasionally, um, the doors don't close right because they're wore out and the windows don't shut all the way and the floor is thin and it's got a Cummins in it. So it's like 97 decibels all the time. And after being in that truck for 12 or 13 hours, I am tired. I am wore out and it's just like my ears are ringing and everything just sounds like the teacher from Charlie Brown. So it's all just like wah, 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 wah. So, um, having a truck that's quiet, uh, it's, you know, and you can have a quiet truck. It still sounds good. Uh, you know, a good couple of turbo mufflers and, and a decent exhaust system will still sound really nice to the outside, um, observer, but inside the truck, you can, you know, be, uh, less deaf. So I, that's stuff I would look at initially. Um, the next thing you move on to is brakes. You need to be able to stop, especially if you drive in an urban setting where it's stop and go traffic or, you know, you're on the freeway and it goes from 65 to zero in a hundred yards. You need to, to have good brakes. Um, you know, I was driving my 64 on the factory, um, drum brakes and it was okay. A uh, couple of, you know, close calls where you got to pump the brakes a couple of times to get all four, <laughs> all four wheel cylinders to engage, um, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's dangerous. And so we have done a lot of these where we do add, um, you know, update the brakes, uh, you know, just, 
just rebuilding what you have, your drum brakes with new shoes and new wheel cylinders and good springs and adjusted correctly. That's the important thing is being adjusted correctly. Um, they'd actually stop pretty well. Again, Josie's uh, 68 Scout, she, um, she drives that damn near every day. It stopped great on factory drums. Um, so, yeah, having your brakes adjusted is, is uh, a good thing. You know, if you want to throw a couple extra bucks at it and just go upgrade to disc brakes, um, that is a good update as well. Um, become a little bit more reliable, a little bit more, um, you know, they just stop a little bit better. Um, so there's that, you know, you want to have decent brakes. Uh, so now you're reliable and you stop good. So those two things right there should go a long ways towards making the experience more enjoyable. Um, you know, then the next step is while you're doing brakes, make sure you got good wheel bearings, good grease, good, uh, gear oil, um, because you're going to be turning these gears every day now. And so you got to make sure that they are, um, you know, they, they're going to be reliable as well. You don't want them wearing out early. You don't want to throw a U-joint, um, you know, prematurely on the side of the highway. Uh, so yeah, make sure all your U-joints are greased up and in good shape. Um, you'll notice the theme here is, is mechanicals. Um, you know, I found that having good tires that are balanced, um, go a long ways as well. When, when everything rolls good and it doesn't shake or vibrate, um, again, it's kind of like the sound where you'll, the sound will wear you out. Well, a vibrating humming truck will do the same thing. You know, when you're holding onto a steering wheel, that's shaking five degrees back and forth either way. Um, you know, it's, it's tiring. So good, um, good tires that are balanced. Uh, they go a long ways. It really does. And it's little things that people don't think about like that. Um, suspension, you know, you can get away with a lot. Um, I would just recommend, you know, the best shocks that you can afford. So, you know, these guys are spending, I don't know, $65, $70 on RS 9000 ranchos when you could spend $10 more and get some Bilsteins that blow ranchos out of the water. Um, so, you know, do some research, get the best shock that you can afford, make sure that, you know, they're installed correctly. That'll help your ride. Cause again, rough ride, wear you out. Um, you know, and if you hit stuff hard enough, it, uh, it it's, jarring and it makes you not want to drive it at all so you know go that route um now we move into the interior this is where everyone you know this is what makes or breaks the daily driver side of it um you know try and get rid of squeaks and rattles you know um that again the sound the sound that wears you out 
your tailgates rattly, figure out why. Does it need adjustment? Is there, are you missing a gasket? Is there a seal in there that should be, you know, go through that stuff, check your tailgate. You know, if you're going to pick up, figure out why the doors don't shut right, why the glass is rattling. You know, the window felts and things like that are relatively cheap. It's just, you know, the time it takes to take the door down, pull the glass out. Um, you know, while you got the door open, you can vacuum out all the junk out of it so that the water runs out of it. Um, you know, just greasing everything. And that's, again, part of the daily driver aspect is if you get in there and you clean those window regulators and you clean the door actuators and the lock cylinders, um, they're just, they become easier to use, which again, you know, when you're daily driving, you want a window that rolls up and down comfortably. You don't want to be fighting it every time and have to help it up with your hand and, you know, risk breaking off your, your window regulator. Cause then you're going to be stuck uh, with a window that's half down or whatever. So, you know, taking care of the squeaks and rattles leads you into, you know, maintenance stuff of, of, lubricating windows and doors and you know that just makes for a better driver experience um you know uh, you get into the dashes making sure that your gauges work correctly making sure that you can read the gauges um you know that that's an important um aspect as well I know a lot of guys like to screw the three gauge pod to the bottom of their dash because it's easier than it is figuring out what's wrong with your stock gauges. So, um, I don't like them. I don't like those three gauge pods. I'll use them for diagnostics sometimes to see if the factory gauge is reading correctly, but otherwise it just looks, you know, kind of hack to have these, to have not working dash gauges and then have this other gauge pod screwed to the bottom of the dash. Because if it's all the way over there underneath your ashtray or whatever, you're not looking at it. It's out of your vision, and so you don't even notice it. Um, and so, you know, working gauges is important for just for monitoring the engine. Um, but, you know, the last, one of the last steps I look into is insulation. Um, you know, putting down some Dynamat, sticking some Dynamat to your top. Um, you know, don't get the stuff from Home Depot that's got the asphalt glue in it. Um, that stuff holds moisture and it also it smells terrible when it gets hot and it melts. When it gets hot, if you stick a piece of this asphalt insulation type stuff to the roof of your scout and then let it sit out in the sun, it will fall out. They melt. Um, I know some people, oh no, it's fine. Eh, don't do it. There's a reason why automotive materials are butyl based and not asphalt based. Uh, so, um, try and avoid the, uh, the got scout, um, insulation, <laughs> insulation package and actually do it right. You can buy a fat mat, um, or rattle trap off Amazon for fairly cheap compared to Dynamat. Dynamat's kind of the upper end. Um, you can get rattle trap for a lot less. Um, and so you get that stuff. You can stick it on 
you know, the carpet kits for the scouts uh, are relatively cheap, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Um, they fit okay. If you got a heat gun and some patience, you can make them fit pretty good. But um, that goes a long ways towards knocking down the sound. Um, so, you know, um, if you're running a loud rig, but you know, something with a diesel in it, um, you can get like, um, I've used those gray shop, um, they're like these, you know, square interlocking shop pads, mat things. Um, I don't know what you call them, but, uh, I've taken those and cut them and, and fitted them in the floors and, and, uh, even in the headliner in my black truck, my travelette with the diesel in it. Uh, it's got those gray foam pads and then, uh, you know, then you put the headliner over that, um, and it's, uh, it doesn't hold moisture and it gives you a bunch of sound deadening, uh, cause they're like half an inch or three quarters of an inch thick foam. Um, they really soak up the sound, um, and they're cheap. You can get a four pack at Home Depot for like $19, um, so a couple of those is strategically placed under your carpet, um, or glued to your head, glued to your roof, um, glued behind the seat. That's the thing on the pickups. Um, if you take your, the, the back of your seat out, you'll notice there's a big cavity behind the seat that you can't really access because the seat doesn't fold forward. Um, but it's just open single layer, open sheet metal. So, you know, I stick a bunch of those gray, um, insulator mats back there. Um, some dynamat too. I've done that a lot where you stick dynamat down first and then you glue the gray mats over the top of that. Uh, and then when you put the seat back in, uh, you don't even see it and it goes a long ways towards knocking down that drone and that residual hum that you get um, through in those cabs so you know the other thing too is while the doors open if you're doing your lubricating your stuff and and um making sure the doors work right stick a chunk of dynamat to the inside of the door stick it on the inside of the door panel um anything to take that tinny drone out it just again helps with the comfort um, of daily driving. Uh, and then finally is a seat. Um, you know, if you can afford having the seat reupholstered, new foam and that kind of thing, you know, it's going to be worth it. If not, you can, um, you know, you get some foam and throw a seat cover over it, make the seat a little more comfortable. Um, you know, depending on what your back can handle, um, I'm not generally bothered by seats too much. Um, but I know some people are pretty particular about what they're sitting on. So, you know, if there's too much foam and it's too soft, that's hard on your lower back. But if it's too hard, then it makes your ass fall asleep. So you're, you know, you got to kind of find that happy medium. Uh, the other thing is that you just, you kind of develop a, a toughness to it as well. Um, you know, and you just, you just get used to it. And, uh, and so, 
Yeah, you know, and then there's the, the creature comforts, like making sure you got a phone charger, um, you know, getting the cigarette lighters working is relatively easy. They're pretty foolproof. Um, a lot of times if they don't work, they just need cleaning. They're just corroded inside and, you know, you just hit the insides with a wire brush or, you know, use like a battery terminal cleaner brush or something. And uh, a lot of times they come back to life. So, you know, getting the cigarette lighter working so you can charge your phone. Um, you know, if you don't want to put a stereo in it, uh, I have a Bluetooth speaker that I use in my red truck and, uh, you know, that works fine if you want a radio. Uh, a lot of times I don't listen to it because I like to listen to the truck. I like to hear what it's doing. I like to, um, you know, listen for noises and squeaks and stuff just because, uh, you know, it helps me understand what's going on. Um, if there's a potential problem developing, um, it's nice to hear it ahead of time. Um, so, you know, and I know you talk about, oh, if I, I couldn't afford to daily drive my rig because it only gets eight miles to the gallon. Well, you shouldn't be getting eight miles to the gallon uh, unless you're running like a one-ton truck with 488s and 31-inch tall tires. Then, then yeah, you might be getting low miles. But um, if you're driving, you know, a Scout with 373 or 354 axle gears and an automatic and a 345, you should be getting 12 to 14 at least. Um, and if you're not, you need to look into why. And, and some of that goes back to what I started with, was the reliability. Make sure you've got, you know, a good carb that's tuned correctly. Make sure you've got good spark plugs and wires and the ignition systems producing a spark that's hot enough to burn all the fuel. Um, make sure your transmission, make sure you don't have brakes that are dragging. Uh, all those things go a long ways towards um, you know, economy. And a lot of people don't believe, believe me when I say it, but you can pick up a mile per gallon easy with just an ignition system, just your know, Pertronics with a hot coil will add all kinds of, of efficiency. Um, so yeah, definitely, um, you know, just make sure that you're efficient and getting the mileage that you need. Um, here is the thing is, is a lot of these new rigs. I have a buddy with a Tacoma that's got a stupid rooftop tent and his best mileage is 15. So, you know, it, it's don't get fooled by new cars and efficiency. Um, cause they're not always, not always that way. So anyway, um, hopefully that gave you some ideas and some tips on daily driving. Uh, I really want everyone to consider it a little more, um, you know, just because driving a classic is, is, uh, it's fun and you get a lot of attention and, and it makes you feel good about, you know, having an old truck and old scout and, and people, people like it. It makes people smile. I don't know why it just... You pull into the gas station with your old rig and people want to talk to you or they got stories or anything, you know, it's just, it's just neat. So anyway, um, well, hopefully that was good. Learned something. Um, you know, I'm sure I forgot stuff, but you know, you'll tell me about it. I'm sure. Anyway, 
All right. Well, till next time, I'm Dan, Binder Boneyard. <laughs>